dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when it's becoming more and more obvious as the days go by and we approach a government shutdown. A pointless, costly, destructive, uh, ill-considered, nutty, uh, incompetent, pathetic government shutdown. As we approach that day, which is uh, due in eight days from now, it's incredible. Uh, we uh, are also seeing uh, new evidence of corruption, deep corruption in our government, which has one aspect, the indictment of Senator Robert Menendez and his wife, his new wife, uh, Nadine. Uh, we will get to that. Why is that good news for the country? Well, it's good news for the country, and it's good news for a lot of people who are suspicious of the government because he's a Democrat. And for those people who have said that they want to destroy the FBI, that they want to destroy the Justice Department, that they're all weaponized, well, it's kind of difficult to explain why they're going after this uh, unspeakably corrupt uh, chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, a Democrat from New Jersey, who has, uh, by the way, withstood uh, criminal charges before, so we will see what happens uh, now. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, uh, U.S. braces for a costly government shutdown in eight days. Uh, federal workers and military service members won't be paid. Well, federal programs from some food safety inspections to child care funds come to an abrupt halt. Uh, this is uh, just what we need. Uh, we also uh, have... All, all kinds of indications that despite the fact that President Trump is boycotting it again, the debates that are scheduled for next week could be a turning point in the battle for the Republican nomination. Uh, there are polls. There are other indications. There are two major articles that say that uh, right now this may be a moment for one of President Trump's challengers for the nomination. Which one? Uh, we will get to that on the Michael Medved show. We'll also get to why it is that in the city of Seattle, the uh, program, very expensive program in King County, which is the county that Seattle is located in, of course, that that expensive program to deal with homelessness has just totally collapsed. Uh, why would that be happening? We will get to that, and we will also be speaking with Megan McArdle, who has written a, a very important piece saying that uh, liberals have for too long left it up to conservatives to defend the benefits of wedded bliss, the importance of marriage. And what do we do about providing married parents for children, which uh, clearly is the proper and the ideal and the most effective means for raising children. We will talk with Megan McArdle of the Washington Post about that. Uh, but meanwhile, the uh, scandal of the, of the day, it, it uh, hit this morning, uh, Friday morning, today, and uh, Senator Robert Menendez, Democrat, New Jersey, and his wife, Nadine Arslarian, uh, she goes by Menendez, though, 
Uh, they have um, been married since 2019. In any event, uh, Senator Menendez and his wife have been indicted on bribery charges. A Justice Department officials announced this morning detailing what officials said was a corrupt scheme involving gold bars, stacks of cash, and using the senator's powerful position to secretly benefit the Egyptian government. Okay, this is so weird. The last time where uh, uh, Senator Menendez had to stand trial was a, using his position to benefit a, an eye doctor who uh, was uh, uh, very much in involved in cheating uh, the government of payments for his practice. But that's a different story. This story is about Egypt. Uh, the indictment lays out wide-ranging abuses of power that the senator and his wife, Nadine Menendez, are accused of committing to help New Jersey business executives in exchange for cash and gifts totaling hundreds of thousands of dollars. At one point, Menendez is alleged to have pressed the Biden administration to nominate a U.S. attorney in New Jersey who he thought would be sympathetic to his real estate developer friend who was facing federal fraud charges. In another instance, Menendez allegedly took meetings with Egyptian military officials as part of an arrangement that secured his wife a uh, low or no-show job with uh, an Egyptian-American businessman. Both the friend and the businessman are also charged in the indictment. Uh, the uh, statement by uh, the prosecutor those bribes included cash, gold, payments toward a home mortgage, compensation for a low or no-show job, a luxury vehicle, it was a 2019 Mercedes, and other things of value. That's what the indictment charges. Officials said the senator is scheduled to make his first appearance in Manhattan Federal Court uh, next week, Wednesday. Uh, so I guess he's not going to be participating too heavily in all the fun of the looming government shutdown. Uh, this is um, um, basically the statement by U.S. Attorney Damian Williams, who outlined uh, the details of the indictment against uh, Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat of New Jersey, and his wife for bribery. Uh, listen, clip 14. First, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence, including his leadership role on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to benefit the government of Egypt in various ways. Second, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a criminal investigation and prosecution undertaken by the New Jersey Attorney General's Office related to an associate and a relative of Uribe. Third, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a federal prosecution of Davies in the District of New Jersey. Okay, uh, this uh, continues. The U.S. Attorney Damian Williams uh, went on about what they found uh, searching Menendez's home. It's interesting. Uh, clip 15. Now, as part of this investigation, Special agents with the FBI executed search warrants on the residence and safe deposit box of Senator Menendez and Nadine Menendez in New Jersey. When they got there, they discovered approximately $500,000 of cash stuffed into envelopes and closets. 
Some of the cash was stuffed in the senator's jacket pockets. Some of the cash, some of the envelopes of cash contained Davy's fingerprints or Davy's DNA. That's not all. Agents also discovered a lot of gold. Gold that was provided by Davies and Hana. And the FBI, of course, found the Mercedes-Benz that Uribe had provided them. Now, the items that the FBI uncovered are discussed in the indictment, which I encourage all of you to read carefully. Okay, uh, th- this is uh, truly remarkable, and it's why... We were talking yesterday about uh, the Pew study where they asked people across the country an open question. What's the one word that best describes our politics? And the one word was corrupt. Uh, One word was divisive. That was actually the most common word. But other words like uh, disgusting, dysfunctional. Uh, Our politics isn't working. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, Nikki Haley was asked an interesting question, and it's the same kind of question, which is basically how did she think that history would uh, view her rival for the nomination, Donald Trump, a hundred years from now? Tough question for her to handle politically. Is it, by the way, as people suggest, Nikki Haley's moment in the campaign? We will get to that and more. Michael Medved show. Uh, we will uh, get to uh, more on Senator Menendez. Uh, it is a reassuring, it seems to me, prosecution by the Justice Department of the United States, by the Justice Department under the direction of Merrick Garland, by the FBI of the United States under the leadership of Director Ray, who of course was appointed by President Trump. But they're going after a Democratic senator and a very powerful and senior Democratic senator. And it really should reassure people that when uh, the claim is that the FBI and the Justice Department have just become uh, basically tools and weapons in the hands of the Biden administration, well, it's more complicated than that. We'll also uh, uh, indicate something else that... um, uh, Senator Menendez ought to be indicted for, which is the way that he proposed to his girlfriend, who is now his co-defendant in a very serious case, that frankly deserves to um, to drive him out of the United States Senate, which of course is is so extraordinarily close. There's only one seat that gives the uh, Democrats a clear majority, the one seat, and then, of course, when it's tied, if it's tied again at 50-50, Kamala Harris uh, gets to break the tie. But we will see what's happening there. Meanwhile, uh, Nikki Haley has gained a great deal of attention. There's a piece by Chris Saliza that he has just posted, uh, which is, is this Nikki Haley's moment? And he uh, points out three polls that were out this week 
that paint a clear picture. Nikki Haley is having a moment. Okay, as she had a moment uh, four hours ago at a town hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is one of the biggest cities in New Hampshire. New Hampshire doesn't have a lot of big cities. But uh, she was asked a, a very intriguing and challenging question. And uh, after stalling for time to gather her thoughts and remarking that she'd never been asked that question before, well, she provided an answer. Uh, the question was about her opponent, uh, her principal opponent, the front runner for the Republican nomination for president, Donald Trump. Uh, listen. How do I think he will be remembered? Time does funny things. My thought will be that he was the right president at the right time. He broke things that needed to be broken. He listened and brought in a group of people who felt unheard, like where I grew up, rural South Carolina. He was strong on foreign policy and getting America's respect in the world. He was thin-skinned and easily distracted. Pause, pause, he didn't pause. didn't do anything on fiscal policy and, and really spent a lot of money, and we're all paying the price for it. He did do a better job than Biden on the border, really trying to corral that in and stop that. He used to be good on foreign policy, and now he has started to walk it back and get weak in the knees when it comes to Ukraine. A terrible thing happened on January 6th, and he called it a beautiful day, and in the eyes of America, it was a terrible day. Okay, uh, just a small spattering of applause. Maybe there are people there at Portsmouth who don't think that January 6th was a terrible day. Um, the uh, Ron Filipowski um, comments, uh, he's a, a, a real presence on X, on uh, Twitter, what used to be called Twitter. He says, many have speculated that Nikki Haley is just running to become Donald Trump's running mate. I've never been so sure about that. Although there was some praise for Trump in this, Surely she knows that he can't handle any criticism whatsoever and would never consider someone who takes shots at him, however mild. I, I have uh, uh, said before, I, I do think that the speculation is right, that, that Nikki Haley would not take the vice presidency even if Donald Trump uh, offered it. First of all, because I think one of the reasons she's running and one of the reasons she's having a moment is because there's all kinds of indications that have come out just recently that Donald Trump would have a very tough time winning this election. And there's nothing that can kill a political career quite as definitively as uh, running as a vice presidential nominee on a losing ticket. Uh, I mean, think, think what that meant for Sarah Palin, for instance, or what it meant for John Edwards. 
uh, running for vice president on a losing ticket is not something you want to do. And what Nikki Haley, uh, what all of this material about her moment and about how she has been soaring in the polls, uh, Chris Eliza points out a new CNN University of New Hampshire poll shows that she's up 7% from a July poll in the same state. This is New Hampshire. She's statistically tied with Vivek Ramaswamy and several others for second place behind Donald Trump. Fox Business polls conducted in Iowa and South Carolina show similar results. In Iowa, Haley has doubled her support, and she is now solidly in third place behind Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, where there are rumors running rampant that uh, Ron DeSantis is going to drop out at some point. Where does his support go? Wouldn't some of it go to Nikki Haley? The uh, the fascinating question, and this was raised by uh, Jeremy Steiner, pride of Hillsdale College. I've got to give him credit. Uh, Haley gave a thoughtful, a thoughtful, impromptu answer to that question about how will history remember Donald Trump. And uh, the question is, how, how would Trump answer that question? I am the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, the uh, President Trump also has, uh, well, it, it is a uh, uh, truth social. It, it is nonetheless a tweet of the day. We will get to that. And uh, he's claiming credit for something that I think is uh, actually, it's a much higher power even than Donald Trump that is responsible for uh, what he is claiming credit for. Uh, one of the things he is not claiming credit for um, is stopping a government shutdown. Why not? Because he has been openly encouraging it. Uh, by the way, if somebody out there thinks that a government shutdown is a good thing, that it'll help the country, it'll help the Republican cause, uh, it'll help conservatism, uh, if you think that, you can give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. We will be right back. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, President uh, Trump... Uh, has said that he could uh, solve the problem of the Ukraine war and bring peace to the Ukraine in 24 hours. And President Zelensky, I think, very intelligently said, please, Mr. President, if, uh, if you really know how to end the war, tell me. <laughs> we'll work on it. Uh, why should it have to wait for another year and a half until the uh, your inauguration. Um, but uh, President Trump has been the last couple of days m more and more disconnected, it seems pretty obvious from reality. For instance, consider this tweet of the day. Turn the page now to the internet. 
I mean, wow, what a great, smart tweet. Change his password so he no longer has access to his Twitter feed. Did you send the tweet? I did not send that tweet. My system was hacked. I was pranked. Donald Trump hasn't tweeted at us once, and I'm starting to get worried about him. So we have a new tweet. All right. Can I do the honors? Stand by. Tweet alert. Okay, the tweet today, uh, and again, I'll read it very slowly. This is on Truth Social, uh, and it's from the real Donald Trump. And he says, many people are saying that you forced Rupert Murdoch into retirement. Okay, President Trump, very powerful guy. But Father Time is more powerful uh Rupert Murdoch is 92 years old. I mean, that's even easier than the, it's even older than the ex-husband of Murdoch's ex-wife. That would be Mick Jagger. Mick, ja <laughs> Mick Jagger's a remarkably young 82. And, uh, but 92 is different from 82. And I, I don't think anybody should have to force somebody out of, uh, uh, active involvement and and Murdoch has not said that he's going to disappear from the News Corp the Fox companies uh, because of age but he is turning it over to his son uh, Lachlan Murdoch in any event President Trump writes many people are saying that you forced Rupert Murdoch into retirement I don't know anybody who's saying that but the president goes along I do not believe this is so good even he doesn't agree but while we're at it, how about getting rid of Democrat Mitch McConnell? And he has Democrat in quotation marks, who gives the radical left lunatics all capitals together with his small band of automatic yes votes, everything they want. There is zero Republican leadership in the United States Senate. MAGA, three exclamation points. So, again... If he's very unhappy with the 49 Republican senators who are working there in the U.S. Senate, uh, is he going to concentrate, as he did last time in the election, and actually knocking off Republicans he doesn't like? Or is he going to concentrate on trying to give the Republicans, and even Mitch McConnell, who he may not like, control of the U.S. Senate so that we can actually more readily solve things like this government shutdown, which would be appallingly painful and a disaster for most people. I mean, this is uh, uh, really very, very strange. Uh, when we uh, were talking before about Nikki Haley answering about Trump's role in history, and which I think seals her role in history as being a serious presidential contender who is not running for vice president. Because if, if she were actually uh, trying to pursue, vi uh, and she's only in her, her early 50s, if she was actually insisting on uh, pursuing the job of vice president, uh, she knows that she's not going to appeal to President Trump by saying that he is uh, thin-skinned or that he fell short on foreign policy. Uh, there um, uh, is, in fact, uh, a, 
uh, New York Times correspondent and a CNN analyst, Maggie Haberman, who actually mocked Nikki Haley's backhanded praise of ex-President Trump. Uh, but she did agree with the candidate's assessment that Trump is thin-skinned. Uh, listen. Things are true there, and some were not. That what she said about how he used to be strong about Ukraine, I, that was a different period of time that I witnessed anyway during the impeachment battle, the first impeachment battle, uh, which was about Trump trying to withhold congressionally approved military aid to Ukraine. But in terms of that he is thin-skinned, I don't think that anybody is taking issue with that characterization. I do think that you are seeing Nikki Haley carve out a pretty interesting space of separation from Donald Trump. And you are correct that she is moving not just in New Hampshire, but in other states as well. The campaigns are all talking about it as well, that she is a, she is a, a threat to DeSantis, but she's a threat to anybody else in the non-Trump lane. And she is, look, she has a delicate line to walk because she did serve him, because she did defend yeah. him any number of times. Um, I, I think one of the things that is complicating for a lot of the folks in this current field who have praised Trump at various points, some of them still very much so, like Vivek Ramaswamy, um, is trying to reconcile for voters what has, is different. But, Caitlin, Donald Trump is not a different Donald Trump, and I think that's one of the things that, that is, um, sounds inauthentic when these candidates are saying it. Uh, and, uh, and meanwhile, there, there's also more. Last night on CNN, in the uh, program The Source with Caitlin Collins, uh, the anchor uh, played tape of Haley uh, claiming Trump was good on foreign policy, but then later got weak on Ukraine. And uh, Maggie Haberman uh, commented about that as not fully in line with her, uh, okay, the, uh, which we just heard from Maggie Haberman. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of this piece on Nikki Haley about uh, this being her moment, there's another piece by uh, David Weigel that says the same thing. Uh, the... Uh, a Fox Business polls conducted in Iowa and South Carolina show similar results. In Iowa, Haley has doubled her support. And uh, the slew of numbers come even as Haley prepares for the second presidential debate next week, another debate where Trump will take a pass, ceding the spotlight to the candidates trying to make up ground on him. And it follows a star turn for her in the first debate last month, which has goosed Haley's fundraising and crowds in early states. This moment, however, puts Haley in a bit of an odd situation. She may be emerging as the queen of the also-rans, but she's nowhere near Trump, who more than ever before looks to be running away with the nomination. Uh, Dave Weigel uh, did a uh, another piece headlined... Nikki Haley is riding a charming, focused, and consistent campaign to third place. And he writes, no other candidate in this race has executed an underdog strategy so effectively with so little deviation from her original plan. Haley has managed to nail her core message that she's fresher, more electable, less erratic alternative to Trump. At the same time, she appears to have topped out in the high single digits among Republican voters nationally and in Iowa. 
And it's not clear how much more of a constituency is left for her approach. Well, this goes back to a column uh, yesterday by Carl Rove, which took a look at the history of another campaign and another candidate who came seemingly out of nowhere uh, to come within just a few delegate votes of winning a presidential nomination. Who are we talking about? And what's the nature of the opposition? President Trump says that he is protecting the people of the United States from. Uh, we will get to that and more coming up. Show. And on the uh, Michael Medved show, talking about uh, Nikki Haley's moment. Uh, and one of the things that Chris Saliza says about what she's going to do with it, about some of the energy that she has gathered, with the expectation uh, that she has a, a very good chance of being a star of the debate next week, partially because Trump is refusing to participate. And again, it, it would be good for the country, it would be good for the Trump campaign, it would be good for the Republican Party if he reconsidered that and came out there with the other candidates and let people listen to the choice. Uh, because it's uh, entirely possible that um, that that uh, what, what people would see is a, uh, a Donald Trump who had a an almost supernatural view of himself as if he were on some kind of messianic or at least angelic mission uh, to, uh, quote, make America great again. Uh, here is what President Trump sounded like when he talked about protecting the people uh, from demonic forces. This was uh, in D.C. Uh, listen. But I wanted to and had to stand up to the communists, the Marxists, the atheists, and the evil and demonic forces that want to destroy our country. They're destroying our country. I took their fire and I did it gladly. I'm protecting the people in this room. I'm protecting the people of this nation. And I have to tell you, it's not easy, but it's something that's such an honor to be doing. It's no wonder. Thank you. Okay, uh, when he keeps using terms like communists and Marxists and atheists and he's protecting people from these demonic forces, uh, which one of his opponents does he think is demonic? Which one of his opponents does he think is a communist? Uh, this, is, uh, this is perhaps not the ideal way to run a campaign. I mean, even Putin rejects the, the term communist. The Communist Party in Russia doesn't support Putin, uh, even though Putin is an old KGB agent. And he doesn't criticize Putin that way. He talks about Putin being bright and uh, uh, brilliant and so accomplished and his wonderful relationship with the dictator, the brutal uh, dictator of Russia. Um, and 
Um, Chris Christie was speaking on CNN in response to uh, some uh, attacks on social media that were issued by President Trump in the middle of the night last night. Uh, this is the explanation of that from uh, Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey. He clearly sees you as a potential significant rival. All right, well, you know, he said himself, Wolf, um, a few uh, few weeks ago, I only uh, attack number two. Well, he has stopped attacking Ron DeSantis and he started attacking me. Um, you and I have sat here before and had this conversation. I told you that I was going to gain in this race. We've seen it now in all the polling in New Hampshire. I'm a second place in, in New Hampshire. Um, we are going to take on Donald Trump directly. Um, and uh, he doesn't like it when he's taken on directly and he's confronted. I'm the only one on that stage who is unwilling to raise my hand beside Asa Hutchinson and say I wouldn't support a convicted felon for president of the United States. Uh, he doesn't like when people stand up to him and call him out on the nonsense that he's involved in. And I guess he had a bad night last night. Maybe he had some bad Chinese food or something, Wolf. But at 1130 at night, a little indigestion, decided to attack me. Keep it coming, Donald. And by the way, if he had any guts, he'd get on the debate stage and he's got things to say about me. Stop hiding behind your social media site, your failed social media site, Donald, and start taking me on directly. Show up. Stop being a coward. Okay, uh, is he making disrespectful comments about Chinese food? Is that going to be condemned as some kind of racism? No, I don't think so. Uh, and uh, obviously, he is hoping that President Trump will hear what he is saying and will respond accordingly. Why? Uh, because, uh, as Nikki Haley said at her campaign event in New Hampshire... Um, because he is thin-skinned and easily distracted, uh, even though he was, she thinks, the right president at the right time. This is clip seven. He was the right president at the right time. He was thin-skinned and easily distracted. He didn't do anything on fiscal policy and, and really spent a lot of money, and we're all paying the price for it. He used to be good on foreign policy, and now he has started to walk it back and get weak in the knees when it comes to Ukraine. Okay, that's a daily double. That's a thinner, less high-quality recording of uh, what you heard before with uh, Nikki Haley answering the question how she thinks that uh, history will remember Donald Trump. Well, there's this, and it may be history-making. It's uh, something that appeared in, in National Review, and the headline says, significant portion of New Hampshire Republicans say they w would not vote for Donald Trump in a 2024 matchup against Joe Biden. Now, this is a very significant, very interesting poll because New Hampshire is one of those swing states. Yes, it's true that Trump didn't carry it in 2016. He didn't carry it in 2020. But it was very close both times. And this is one of those states with four electoral votes that Trump uh, is looking to pick up. But it says, uh, National Review, President Joe Biden holds a comfortable 12-point lead over Donald Trump in New Hampshire in a potential 2024 matchup, in part thanks to the former president's significant weakness among voters of his own party. 
according to a new poll released today. This is a CNN uh, University of New Hampshire poll. 52% of respondents said they would back the incumbent Biden in a rematch against Trump, who secured just 40% of the vote. So it's 52-40, which uh, in, in plain English is a landslide. Trump is notably weaker with voters of his own party than is Biden. While 94% of Democrats say they'd support Biden against Trump in a hypothetical general election contest, just 79% of Republicans say the same of Trump. In other words, there's a full 21% of Republicans who say that running as Biden, there 21% of Republicans would not support Trump. Whereas only 6% of Democrats say that support somebody else other than Biden, which includes, I think, some people who aren't going to support Trump. They're going to support people like Cornell West, a left-wing Green Party candidate. A majority of respondents also expressed disapproval at the bulk of Republican presidential candidates, including Vivek Ramaswamy, 62% disapproved of him, Mike Pence, 76% disapproved of him. Chris Christie, 72% disapproved of him. And Nikki Haley, <laughs> again, she's leading the pack. Only 57% of Republican voters said that they disapproved of her. 63% disapproved of DeSantis. An analysis conducted by the Republican polling firm WPA Intelligence found that Trump's share of white voters has been cut nearly in half since 2020, falling from an edge of 17 percentage points to an edge among white voters of less than 9%. And uh, Brian Allen, who is a Republican, he's a partner with WPA Intelligence, he says, barring some miracle or a third-party candidate that splinters the Democrats, if Trump is the nominee and he's only nine points up against Biden with whites, he has no chance of winning the election. And that's what he told National Review in a statement following the report. In early August, a similar head-to-head -head poll run by the New York Times-Siena College found Trump and Biden locked in a virtual dead heat, grabbing 43% of voters respectively. A uh, majority of Americans have deep, deep concerns about Biden's physical and mental state. Kamala Harris is the least liked vice president in the poll's history, and notwithstanding both, Biden-Harris would still beat Trump. Uh, what a sad state of affairs. Uh, so how does it get better with a shutdown? We will cover that and more in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.